All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 4, Episode 9 of the Daily Face Off podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan, and with me, as always, we've got Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. How's it going, boys? Chewing good, Brock. Doing great. Um, abs are just looking like the best team in the world, so I'm a satisfied customer over here. 2 nothing against the Flyers, eh? Yeah. Well, not even that. 5-1-2? <laughs> and two? I know. Oh, gross. I know. At top line, man. If they can I'm play on the road up. this year, look Ride out. Em. Ride them. Yeah. Look out. I love the strategy. Semyon looks sharp. Remember, I, I think it was... Hurt, screwed. I think it was the uh, goalies preview po- or podcast, which would make sense, but somebody tweeted out that, like... Varlamov looks phenomenal, like looks sharp, like yeah, more yeah. agile than ever. And we talked about it. I'm like, well, maybe this is the year. He just has a great year. And so far, he's looks healthy. Like, that's a looks that's like a big part. Well, that, that was basically the whole point of the tweet was like he actually yeah. looks and they healthy. Have a backup that can actually play behind. Yeah, him. and Grubauer struggled in his first start, but he looked good. They gave him the last two, so yeah, he looked good the last yeah. couple games for sure. It could be a hot hand thing, I think. Well, yeah. between those two, like I mean, they should be they should be laughing. Um, 
but those two goalies as long as it's a cool fantasy combo if you have it yeah. not too bad yeah. I mean if, if, after this hot start it's not uh, doesn't look too bad yeah if but it cools off damn shitty goalies but better than Longo and Reimer at this point Ooh. yeah Very Michael good. Hutchinson actually is into the fray sliding ahead of James Reimer at this point uh, he is going to start tomorrow which is Tuesday well, then, was Hutchinson in the AHL to start or were they uh, carry so now what they're going to carry three or what well so to, they might do something, yeah. yeah. Who knows what they'll do? Like they'll probably send Hutchinson down once the one goes back. But I mean, yeah, he's still he's still starting right now ahead of Reimer, which yeah. isn't. I guess with that, if anything though, that might be good news for like Luongo owners. You know what I mean? Like if they're like, okay, well, if Reimer's struggling when Luongo is back, maybe yeah. they'll ride Luongo it's a little harder. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, you got to keep Luongo healthy, right? And that's been an issue. The last oh yeah, few years obviously. It's they could carry three. Like a lot of guys been playing since nineteen ninety nine. Like look at the look at the Kings. They just sent down that uh, Anderson Dolan today. They're carrying eight defensemen. Like why not just carry three goalies if you need to? Yeah, and not carry eight defensemen. Yeah, Hutchinson's been there before when Winnipeg had Pavlik and him. And Hellebuck, so and Hellebuck just, just be, uh, drastically might just be a matter of having to lose one of the defensemen <laughs> if you know. send them through, though, right? Yeah, well, we'll see what it is. I mean, they got a couple guys on the team that are on the roster right now that I think are waiver eligible, like Jacob McDonald. I mean, I don't don't quote me, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure he'd make it through waivers if he's not. Um, but anyways, we're not gonna not here to talk about goalies Oof. too much today. Uh, mostly, we're gonna talk about forwards. Actually, yeah. what we're gonna do is this afternoon we talked about our individual top 10 lines in the NHL. And it's not really just lines, but it's lines from a fantasy perspective, <laughs> uh, which which lines we think are the best. Uh, and out of our individual top 10s, we consolidated a consensus top 10, and we're each just going to kind of break down um, our top 10. We each have, I, I think I have three, Beebs has got three, and Dylan was the odd man out. He has four lines to talk about. We're just going to kind of talk about what they've done as a, as a trio, uh, not just this year. Some of them have been together for, you know, multiple years and just kind of what they've done as a, as a line and how valuable uh, they could be. There's also some lines that feature maybe just a duo that has a revolving door and talk about which one of those lines kind of has the most value if a player moves up to that line. So without further ado, uh, I think it's pretty obvious who the top line in the NHL has been for the last little while. So, D, why don't you get us started? Boston 1, featuring David Pasternak. Consensus. Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. Uh, the clear-cut number one consensus pick. We all had him ranked as number one, I believe it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and for good reason. Uh, these three guys have combined for 99 goals and 120, 129 assists last season. Uh, eight games crazy. so far this year, they've already racked up 16 goals and 20 assists. Just crazy numbers. Think about those numbers, though, too, and the fact that, like, Bergeron played 64 games and yeah. Marshawn played 69. Like, those numbers are absurd. Yeah, I guess. It's, uh, it's crazy. So, you know, they're as concrete of a line as there is in the NHL, too. Uh, played over 627 minutes together at 5v5 over the last two seasons. Uh, they posted a 58.85 Corsi 4 percentage over that span and are averaging 33 scoring chances per 60 while surrendering just 24. Obviously, all that translates into big numbers for these guys in fantasy. Like you said, you got three, well, two bona fide point per game guys at this point, uh, and then a solid 30 30 guy in Bergeron with plenty of upside uh, more than that. So it really does not get any better than those three right there. No, no. Yeah, Mar- Marshawn and Pasternak uh, probably off the board in the first two rounds of all drafts this year. Rightfully so. Like I said, uh, up 90 point upside for each of them, and then Bergeron could uh, reach as many as 70, 75 points with a good season. The one thing that is so crazy about this line is that before it was kind of like Marchand and Bergeron, and Pasternak was kind of just like this young kid that they were like, yeah. this was going to help his development. And 
Obviously, it has. But it's gone to the point where Pasternak might be the best player on the line. Like mm-hmm. he's yeah. he's a bona fide snipe show. Like he's phenomenal. So then, when you think when you factor that in with how good Bergeron and Marshawn have already been, like the three of them together, it is honestly just unfair. They're so good. Yeah, yeah. That's why we all stack them in DraftKings. That's why DraftKings is like they're all nine thousand yeah. dollars because. <laughs> They probably should be, to be fair. Well, yeah, if you're going to play all three of them, you should have to get creative with the rest of your lineup. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I like If you look up and down this list, uh, there's really – this is the closest we get to really three point-per-game guys on one line. Yeah. Uh, and when you put it together, really, the average is there. Uh, Pasternak and Martian should both be comfortably over a point per game. Like I said, 90-point thrust this year. Uh, and the way Bergeron has played offensively the last couple seasons, there's no reason to think he can't push 75 points if he plays a full 82 games. I don't think, like you just said, I don't think there is another line no. in the NHL yeah. that could hit, all of them hit a point per game. No. I mean, uh, D- Dallas won would probably be the biggest threat. Yeah. If Radulov had, like, a strong year, maybe shot above average. Yeah, because, like, like, as good as Colorado won, who Beebs is about to talk to, is. Landis Cobb can't do it. He's not going to down. He's not going to put up 82. No. Can't do it. The assists just aren't there. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's hard, man, because it's like, how can you get three guys controlling the puck enough to really get in on that many plays, right? Like, I just think if McKinnon and Brandon doesn't have the pockets, usually on the back end, it's not Landis Cog working it around. Exactly, Let's- and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to make a push for Colorado one to to be my number one because um, <laughs> I mean I watched them night in and night out. A little hard to put yeah, them ahead of Boston one. one but, yeah, it's uh, tough. It's and, really, really just yeah, no way. And this line has a pair of uh, uh, first, uh, first star of the week yeah. award winners. Two of them now because McKinnon took it week one and yeah. Landis Cog week two, as we just saw. Um, so, you know, clearly that says a ton. Best line. Oh, yeah. First stars <laughs> of the week are definitely the biggest honor in hockey. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, What's an Art Ross, man? This guy had four stars of the week. many first stars of the week I got from NHL.com. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this line has a 50.1 Corsi 4, um, which actually kind of – I think it kind of undercuts what they're doing. Um, they seem to be a little bit better than that. My yeah, opinion. I mean, they're not the best defensive yeah, line that's what in it hockey. Is, yeah. <laughs> But they, they definitely generate a lot of yeah. so enough chances to still be positive. In that yeah, 31 score mm-hmm. chances per 60, which is uh, pretty, <laughs> really absolutely up there. Um, and, I mean, McKinnon probably gets 10 of those himself just with his wheels. But um, And then they have 12 high danger um, chances per 60 as well. It's a line that put up 97 points 12. Uh, with McKinnon last year, 84 with Randon, and then 62 with Landis Cog. As we talked about, the two are capable of doing point per game. Easy. Yeah. The, the, the one thing about this line, too, is like, well, first of all, that 12 high danger per 60 is crazy it's when you factor in that this goes back to last year, too. Like, that's almost, you know, that's 90, almost 100 games worth of just being yeah. that good. And it's even hockey. more crooked at home if you look at their splits. Yeah. yeah. But the one thing, too, is we talk about a lot in this podcast, and people talk about McKinnon and stuff a lot, but I don't think anybody really realizes just how good Nico Randon no. is. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I threw some shade at the Avalanche broadcast the other day because like they're terrible and it's borderline oh, unwatchable. I agree, Awful. but they were <laughs> they kind don't of know anyone's name who was not on that. No, like, and they were kind of right in a way that they're like, man, like nobody talks about Randon, like how good he is because he really is just yeah, outstanding. Really and like, well, just, like his breakout last year is really overshadowed by what McKinnon did. Exactly, right? it's, it's something we've been kind of waiting and expecting from McKinnon for a long time. Cool, and, let them sleep. Yeah, at the end of the day, he was the driving force behind the line, right? right? But. Randon, obviously, the best compliment possible. If you ask, like, a thousand yeah. people how many points Randon had, like, I don't think anybody knows that no, he had they 84. they wouldn't tell you his point yeah. per game. Right now, he has 14 points. And He's leaking the NHL assists. He's not, or he was yeah, the other yeah, guy. Yeah, no, he is. But tonight, he had to Gino instead. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
right away. Um, yes, yeah, no, that good. line, they're on a nine-game point streak to start the year. Um, I just wonder, it's be 82. my only fear with that line, and, like, they've just been, like, together for the last, like, year and a half, but at some point, like, I just wonder if they look at breaking up that line, specifically McKinnon and Rantanen. Um, just because it just gets so weak down that lineup, right? I don't know if it'll happen though. They've just they've managed it. I know. I know. Yeah. But it's just like I, I feel like if stuff like you know takes a turn and they get into a rough patch, I think that's like the first change you kind of look at. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it hasn't happened. You, but you know what? It's kind of been like. But we could say that as much for any yeah. of these teams. Boston won too, but it's obviously they're all a little bit deeper. Boston. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it's a little bit consistent with what they did last year too, though. Like. What they've done is just load up that top line, and they're totally, right. totally content with Soderberg and Nieto. No matter how bad <laughs> that they might actually be, yeah, in, in, you know, in the box scores or, or, or yeah. what we think they are, Colorado seems super content with them. They're going to continue to roll them out, and it's going to be Matt Calvert or Gabriel Bork on the other wing. And then that second and fourth line, they just kind of rotate in a fucking circle. Yeah. Like, Yost on the second line, Yost on the fourth line, Kerfin on the first line, Comfort <laughs> on the fourth line. Like, it's just, it's just like, I, they just continue to do it, and as long as that continues, Colorado 1 should stick. I mean, there is obviously that fear. I'm more concerned about Colorado 1 breaking up than I am Boston 1. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The second, or the third best line in the NHL, according to us, is Dallas one of Jamie Benn, Tyler Segan, who were just broken up last week, and Alexander Radulov. <laughs> Speaking of getting broken up, this happens on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. Benn and Segan typically stay together. Then you got Radulov who gets bumped down to the second line for two periods, and then in the third period they go down with a deficit, and they're like, "Fuck, we got to put these guys back together." They slam them together, put them back together. They score a goal, probably win the game. Uh, this line though um, is had a fifty-two has a fifty-two point seven Corsi four. 32 scoring chances, 4 per 60. 14 high dangerous chances, 4 per 60 over the last uh, year and a month. Uh, Radulov is the weak link on this line, and that's saying a lot. Because Radulov is pretty good in his own right. Uh, Over the last two years and a month, so two years and a bit here, Segan and Ben each rank in the top 25 in the NHL in even strength points. Uh, Radulov's actually 42nd, which isn't terrible over that span. Uh, But it's even more impressive. It was in Montreal the year before. Yeah. It's even more impressive when you factor in the fact that Segan and Ben are also top 20 in power play points during that stretch. Uh, the one thing that makes this line so attractive is that they all play together on the top power play unit with, like, John Klingberg. They're one of those teams that loads up the top yeah. unit. And they don't just produce at even strength, but when you when you compare them together, like, if you have a Segan-Ben or a Segan-Radulov or a Segan-Klingberg or whatever it is, like, they just do so much damage at even strength, but then they do even more damage on the power play. Yeah. And they're always together. Like, it's just one of the, like, some... Yeah, teams, actually, all, all three of these first three lines, that's the great thing about them is you get... All play together. Yeah, all play together, obviously, at even strength, but on the power play as well. So, oh, the opportunity yeah. to get three points off a goal is just there all night long. Uh, and I, again, I think that helps rank them just a bit above uh, the next tier, I guess. Yeah, and it can't really be said yeah. the same thing about the the other lines that yeah. we're going to talk about, who are all great lines it, as they, well. But it comes and goes. Yeah, yeah. but uh, like there's some that obviously yeah. play together. But I don't know, you guys, it did really feel like this is the clear cut like top, top three. three. Yeah, yeah, we all had all three yeah. of these guys in our top three. Yeah, because I, I think like we talked about, all three of these guys are the closest to three point per game yeah. guys. On After this, line. it becomes with really Boston being comes who's carrying it and has that. Secondary, which it's tough. Exactly. Because, yeah. yeah. It, it, it does get tough. It gets tough to weigh. Of, yeah, yeah. Like how good the first two guys are, and then weighing that against uh, the offset of the third guy. Um, like, is Connor worth 
Yeah. His whole line beat. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll get into the next one then. I, I got Toronto one. Yeah. Uh, that's the who we got is ranked fourth. Yeah. Uh, Toronto one for the sake of this conversation yeah. is uh, the Tavares, uh, Marner, Hyman line. Yeah. Because it goes back and forth with the Matthews line a lot with how they skate and how you want to look at it. Uh, the, the, I just think like the one thing that always dif- differentiates, I can never use that word, but the one thing that always it. changes things for me, I'm going to go to a different word here is the fact that Mitch Marner's on this line yeah I well mean, I like, think until Nylander comes back this is clearly the most potent offensive yes. line right like I mean Matthews has obviously been off to some out of this world start yeah I think he's kind of clearly established himself as still being the best player on this team yeah. even with Tavares being here but I mean it's it's, it's still pretty early Mm-hmm. And that start was a little ridiculous. We've seen him slow down a little bit recently, but I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's one A, one B. Doesn't matter really who. But Marner obviously pushes. Um, yeah, you know, Stan, or Kasperi Kapanen and and Patrick Marlowe. Right, are, well, who are both player. like fringe fantasy guys yeah. and probably in the same boat as Hyman. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in a slightly better spot. Uh, All capable of maybe yeah. putting up fifty this year. But you know, this might be a bit of an overreaction on our, on our part. But I, I think when you look at it, it makes sense. This line obviously has a much smaller sample together than the three we have ranked above it. Uh, but they've been ridiculous in the short time together. Tavares and Marner, two dynamic talents. And then Hyman, <laughs> clearly the worst fantasy player we've talked about so far, uh, which, again, is why you see them rank below Dallas 1, Colorado 1, Boston 1. But what, a, what, a, one, yeah, what a great real-life hockey player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's perfect for this role. Like, I talk about it a lot. He's just not great with the puck, but uh, very smart hockey player and just goes hard in all the right times. It's, it's, he knows his role, game, right? Yeah. It's, all, it's all about getting into the other two guys on his line and then getting to the right spot, right? So uh, it works perfectly. He did it well with Matthews and Nylander, so it's no surprise that Babcock had him pegged for this spot here. Tavares and Marner back with Tavares down on July 1st. Um, but, you know, uh, like we said, Hyman obviously has his strengths, valuable contributor to the line, but just doesn't have the offensive upside of a Radulov, uh, you know, Marshan, or, or even uh, a Landeskog. So Hyman, Marner, Tavares played just under 110 minutes together at 5-5 this season, and they got some gaudy numbers so far, averaging 38 scoring chances per 60, outscoring their opponents 9-3 at even strength. The three of them are already combined for 10 goals and 18 assists so far this season. Uh, obviously, Marner and Tavares both feature on that least top power play. Like you said, not all three like you see with Dallas 1 and uh, Colorado 1 and Boston 1, which is a bit of a knock on this line again when you see them ranked below the three of those lines. But, well, I mean, like, how are you ever going to put Zach Hyman ahead of <laughs> yeah. ahead of anybody yeah, else yeah. on that least top yeah. power but play? But, I mean, Marner and Tavares being on that on that unit is almost just as valuable. You know, that For should sure. be productive all year Could long. Could be the best power play unit. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I think they're both legitimate 90-point threats this season while Hyman should settle, or settle in comfortably around 50 points. Uh, so, you know, you're looking at a combined... 230 points potentially for this line, which is why you see them ranked a little high. Again, could be a bit of an overreaction, but uh, we don't have anything else to go off of with Marner getting better every year at this point uh, and Tavares coming over to the Leafs. Well, yeah, I think it's so ridiculous. Far, yeah. I and think then Hyman, I think, really does a good job of limiting uh, the chances they get against and yeah. getting the puck for him. Exactly. Too, and, uh, but the one thing, too, it's a little, it's a small sample size, so we can't overreact too much. Yeah. But at the same time, um, Tavares had the ability to make Anders Lee and Josh Bailey absolute studs for years. And not that they're bad in their own right, yeah. but studs. And this is a line that last year, in over 700 minutes together, had 30 scoring chances for per 60. So when you think Maybe about putting Tavares with Marner, um, you'd think that that would be kind of their baseline. And 30 scoring chances for per 60 is, is you know among the league best. It's yeah. high. And even last Top year with Lee, with sure. Lee and Bailey, 
12 high danger chances for it. So when you factor now they got Marner, who's the most skilled player Tavares has ever played with, yeah. you can only expect those numbers to probably go up. Yeah. So I mean, we didn't we probably projecting so Marner for a point per game even if this year, even if Tavares didn't come over, right? Just yeah. this trajectory yeah. and the age he's at. What he did last year. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that's why I think they're both legitimate like 90-point threats this season. Uh, just the way the scoring's gone so far this year in the last couple seasons. Especially if they're picking up just 20, yeah. 25 power play points for funsies. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Hyman, like the potential's there. I, I think he's definitely worthy uh, you know, a roster spot yeah. at this point. No. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it depends how strong your team is, but I think he should be owned in most leagues at the very least. Uh, already had a strong year last year. Again, another guy who's still getting better at this point in his career. Uh, and he's like I said, playing in a very similar role to what he did with Matthews and Nylander. It's all about just getting the other two guys to puck and getting in the right spots. Uh, so it works. Uh, and yeah, you know, again, I, I think it might, the real reason I think it might be a bit of an overreaction is because the next team we have ranked below here, this line's just actually seems, been just, they've been having yeah. a tough, uh, tough time so far this season. I think if we did this at the beginning of the year, we probably would have had them ranked yeah, in the four 100%. spot. Uh, but it's Winnipeg 1, uh, Shifley, Wheeler, and Connor, of course, Beebs this year. Yeah. I was gonna say you go, um, but yeah, no. Winnipeg won. It's someone who on paper doesn't look, or who on paper looks great, but who their actual numbers on paper don't look half as good as a lot of these lines that we're looking at here. Right. Um, so line with the fifty Corsi four, um, they generate twenty eight scoring chances per sixty with eleven high uh, danger chances per sixty, um, which is actually not not too yeah, bad. Um, and yeah, when and we line it up next to well, it really it, like. The concern is that their numbers this year have just been nowhere near what they yeah, did last exactly. year. Like yeah. They were in the low 30s last year, and now they're around 24 so far this, this year. Right now. Yeah, obviously um, not a whole ton of games, yeah. but we're getting to the point where it's like eight or nine games, like 10% of a full season. It's usually a large enough sample size to go off of and at least kind of an indicator yeah. of what's going on. But and it's troubling really, when you see a line kind of take a step back when two, at least two of the three of these guys are at a point in their career where they really should still be yeah. getting better, right? They really haven't been that bad. Um, Connor has yeah. seven. He has four goals um, and seven points. And yeah. then Shifley has five. Shifley's kind of the one that's down. Um, he has five at this point. And then six from Wheeler. And this is after 60 points and 60 games from Shifley last year. So if he can get back to a point per game, that's kind of what we learn to expect. Yeah. And which is phenomenal. We had 91 from Wheeler a year ago. I don't quite expect that this year. As you mentioned, they took a step back, it seems like. But even if he's going to put up 80, 80 plus, you're still getting a point per game. Plus another point per game guy there. And then yeah. Connor, um, someone we had as a breakout candidate this year. He had 57 a year ago with 31 goals. Um, he looks like he's not slowing down, as we mentioned. Four goals through the first seven games or eight games, I believe it is here. Uh, if he could keep that up, he's absolutely capable of 40 goals. Um, his shooting percentage is a little bit spiked at the moment. But he has proven, proven to be a natural goal scorer. Yeah. Um, you don't score 31 without it. And the thing is that yeah. like, like these three guys uh, do play together on the top power play. They did it all last year. They are right now. Uh, and that's another unit that's going to be productive all year long. So even if they take a hit at uh, you know even strength, their five v five numbers maybe aren't quite what they were last year. Yeah. There's still a lot of room for these guys to produce, being on that top power play unit. Three of that line, and then usually Buffalo's been Morrissey lately. But and Winnipeg has enough in their nine that they seem to switch their second and third line around a little bit more than their first. Yeah, touch it at all. This so is kind yeah, of yeah, well This is like since ten games in the last yeah, season. This has been what they've rolled. Them, yeah. It's been like eighty games. So straight. the one thing that I would kind of look at for, for this top line, at least in their early season struggles, is when you look at really who they've played to, it has not been a, a very forgiving early season no. schedule. I mean, the Blues, the Stars, the Kings, who aren't, I don't think are great, but they're still a strong defensive <laughs> squad. The Predators. They're good when you, it works for your piece, eh? The Predators, the Hurricanes, <laughs> who are the best possession team in hockey. The Oilers, 
and then the Canucks and Coyotes in their last two games. But those first six games, Canucks have played well. Too. Are all yeah, and those are all, um, except for maybe the Kings. They're all probably playoff teams this year. So they got off to a tough start. They haven't had the same, uh, you know, easy yeah. matchups that other teams had. But here's the one thing. I mean, now they're. Even strength numbers or five v five numbers aren't as good as they were last year. But then, even with what they have done, they have a four point two on ice shooting percentage right now. So even the chances that they're getting, they're just not converting at the same yeah. rate that they were last year. So that's why you see a little a small hit on some of these guys' numbers, even with what they've done so far. If they get back anywhere close to what they were doing last year, and that number on ice shooting percentage jumps back up to around eight or whatever it should be, something normal. Then they'll be like, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And I, I think either way, like I said, the power play is going to be there to bail them out all year long. Yeah. They're all three very effective on the power play. Shafley just scored one from behind the net tonight. So, you know, not, <laughs> not how they should expect to get it all yeah. year long. But uh, like I said, they're, they're all out there anyway for the majority of the time. Uh, it is a strong second unit, but it, they're still clearly the primary unit out there. You want yeah. mine out there as long as possible. And they're the three guys working around and getting into them. So, absolutely. Points are going to be there regardless of how they do it, even strength. It just might not be as good as what they were last season. Speaking of power plays, uh, maybe none more lethal than Washington's. And Washington 1 is our sixth ranked for the line. Last decade, um, the Kuznetsov Ovechkin duo, if they didn't have Gross. to play with like Tom Wilson, DVP. Chandler Stevenson, Brett Connolly, DVP. They, they'd probably be, yeah, yeah Devontae Smith Pelly tonight. <laughs> they'd probably be a lot DVP. better and higher Sorry. ranks than they Not are DVP. right now. Yes. Um, but regardless, these, these guys do produce pretty impressive 5v5 numbers uh, without a quality right winger. They have just a 48.1 Corsi 4 percentage, and that's just Kuznetsov and Ovechkin because who knows who's playing on the right side. But despite you know not being the greatest offensive line ever, which you shouldn't expect them to be, they're still averaging 30 scoring chances 4 per 60 and 12 high danger chances 4 per 60. So they're getting the job done. Um over the last two years, plus a couple, plus a month here, the duo is tied for 17th. Both of them tied for 17th in even strength points, and Ovechkin is ninth in power play points, first in power play goals, while Kuznetsov is tied for 25th in power play points. So, like many of these other lines, except for the fact that they don't have a regular right winger, at least while Tom Wilson is suspended, but even when he isn't, he's Tom Wilson. Still, yes. They play together almost exclusively now. Uh, you know, the, the days of Backstrom and Ovechkin seem to be long gone. Yeah. Uh, so it's Kuznetsov and Ovechkin together, riding together on that top line, and they always play together on the top power play unit. And that is obviously a nice trend that we like to see, but they need a good right winger. Yeah, really if they bad. had a winger, they move. They could easily move into that top three. Yep. It's Absolutely. not that they need a good right winger, right? It's yeah, just that know. for the sake of moving up this list, yes. uh, not having that yeah. if they want to go spot up, obviously like... really hurts them. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it doesn't really matter that they give up a lot of chances at uh, 5v5 at even strength. No, because uh, they're creating a ton, and then there's always going to be that extra bonus power, play, power play. These guys are you know a walk for 25 power play points each every year. Um, so yeah, the the production is always going to be there from those guys. That's why I see them ranked. Number Just six. trade Dmitry Orlov for uh, William yeah. Nylander already. Yeah, let him go. Yeah. So uh, move back in the other direction here with our seventh rank, uh, Columbus one. We got three pretty strong players. Obviously, we've got the lead. Uh, and Panarin, but I, I think, you know, I, I guess this probably would be the first line we talked about that's kind of heavily featured around one player uh, in Panarin, but you look at Dubon Atkinson, they're both valuable fantasy players in their own right, they dominate the fucking Because they play with Panarin. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I suppose, but Atkinson, sorry, had a uh, couple big seasons before, 
Uh, no, I'm, I'm just messing. He's Felix a good goal scorer. Obviously a, a strong player in his own right. He's just 20 years old right now, too. So uh, This line dominates the puck at 5v5. They posted a 55.92 points for percentage and 35 scoring chances per 60 over the last two seasons. They should stick together on that top line for the majority of the season. Uh, but Torts has toyed with his power play units of late. The three of them you know, are clearly Columbus's best forwards, so we should expect them to be reunited on the man advantage before too long. Uh, I think he just kind of got pissed off at something he was talking about them, <laughs> feeling like they were entitled to power play time, which they clearly should feel like they are. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> rightfully so. Yeah, they're clearly the, the three best forwards on this team, objectively speaking. So, Perrin, one of the best wingers in the game, seems poised to build on his 82-point campaign from a year ago. Uh, we've had Dubois Pegg, who's one of our top breakout performers this season, should threaten to break 60 points as a 20-year-old. Uh, and then Atkinson, so long as he stay, stays healthy, he should be locked with 30 goals. So I just think this is a solid line up and down. Uh, and then you got a bona fide, uh, you know, stud in Panarin, a guy worthy of a first-round pick this year. Um, that dual wing eligibility is huge if we're talking fantasy purposes as well, yep. too. The wing position's both pretty thin this year. Uh, and, yeah, maybe probably won't be on this list next year when Panarin leaves. Uh, but for the time being, the I think... Yeah. Yeah, pretty sure they... A lot of money. Yeah. So I, I think for the time being... Uh, Securely uh, hold the spot on the top ten lines in the NHL. So I keep bringing up the last two years and right. in a so. month. Uh, yeah. You know, relevant statistics. Panarin is number three in the NHL in even strength points over that. That's time. wild. Behind, way behind. I should, for I should say Connor McDavid, and what second is Nikita Kucherov. So. That's just how good he is. Like, he has just been outrageous. The verdict's now, still not out yet. <laughs> I was just going to say. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I still think the verdict's not out on the sad parent trade. Like, you know, sad, so we still got to win still got... this one in Chicago. Oh, my God. When I saw that today, I was like, uh, the GM Stan and Stan Bowman, yeah. GM of the Blackhawks. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? When the score posted as, like, their main article, I was like, come on. Guys. Oh, my God. Get out of here with that garbage. Like,. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's my quote to you is literally just like this is what a guy says when he know he fucked up. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he's like, hey, hey, maybe no one will notice if I could if I totally play the play the fool of it. But <laughs> even when they asked like the Chicago reporters, like, why did we do that? Chicago reporters like try to like have to defend it, but you can tell that they're even just like, I don't even know, bro. Like, I can't even give it's you a, a solid answer. approach. Deny, deny, deny. Yeah. No ever, uh, yeah. He's like, what? I won that trade. Everyone says I won yeah. that trade. Yeah. At the time, the thought was, or their thought was, Panarin's production is just driven by playing with Kane, right? Yes. Um, Wrong. But it was like two seasons of seventy-five points. Actually, Pan or Kane was beneficial to play with Panarin. Yeah, looking right. back, that's why Tarasenko was better. Um, the one hilarious part, and I don't know if this is Kane why had like a hundred. I'm just messing with two you. years ago without Panarin for the record. I don't know. I don't know if they. <laughs> I don't know if they asked this question because I didn't even click on the article because I'm just like I don't give a shit. Yeah, because you're don't wrong. give it that big. But the the funny part was the the other like big piece, the other big piece in this trade of get of getting rid of Panarin was Anton Forsberg to potentially be wavered today, the backup or the future in Chicago, and he got waived yeah. today. Yeah. So I'm assuming that they Some probably asked Bowman about the trade because now they're waving Forsberg. Right. Who's gone? He's gone. He's gone. Nashville's claiming him 100% Lorena. So if, if that injury is serious. Someone's claiming him. Bad day for Bowman. It's just ugly. Yeah. Terrible. That deal just slapped him in the face. But um, I'm going to put us back on track here. Two-two train rolling. Uh, number eight, we got Florida one. This is kind of an underrated line. It's something that people might be like, huh? Florida one? But uh, we got our boy, 
Evgeny Dadanov, or some people call him Daddy. We got Alexander Barkov. <laughs> Daddy! I think just you call and him we Daddy. Got our, we all call him Daddy. We also, uh, I don't think anybody's ever asked us a question on Twitter about Dadanov without calling him it Daddy. All, it is always Daddy, but it's 1D. You ever notice that? Dad. Dad. Yeah. No one wanted to... Just no, Dad. He's just Dad. No, one, no it's like D-A-D-Y. Like, no one wants to com- c- commit to just calling him full-on Daddy. Daddy? <laughs> I'll call him Daddy. Yeah, but uh, third off, we got Huberto. Um, Jonathan. But Can I just say something really quick? Absolutely. I think, like, Dadanoff is almost, like, he's not as good, obviously, but he's almost like the Panarin on this line of, like, w- when it was Kane. He's like, right Barkoff is so good, but I think, like, nobody really talks about just how good Dadanoff is. Yeah, Dadanoff's, yeah, he's good. He's, he's a very phenomenal. talented player, yeah. And they've, they've kind of worked him around that lineup, and now it seems like... They found a solid spot for him next to these other two absolute studs. So if they can all stay healthy, this is the big thing about Florida One here. Yeah, uh, I think they'll all stay healthy. But ridiculous Corsi for fifty four point three, um, even more ridiculous scoring chances per sixty, beating Colorado One by two. They have thirty four scoring chances per sixty. That is Gross. absolutely disgusting, and a fifteen percent high. High well, remember too, like Nick Bukestad, like he was supposed to be like their future number two center, and then like Trocheck just got so good, that, yeah, that they're just like, yo, Bukestad, you're now a winger on this top line yeah. because like you're just that good, you're just that good at hockey, yeah. Like he was, yeah, unreal like two years ago by himself, like just anchoring that second line. Now he's just like, oh, well, you're you're on the first line now, and you're a winger because Trocheck's gone. Yeah. Absolutely said Huberto and no. Oh, I didn't even hear it. Yeah, no, I, I, no, Huberto is a completely. Oh, it's all um, good. Fuchs, no, Dad, yeah. and off and Barkov. I've been getting those two mixed up since day one. <laughs> <laughs> just like long ass names. Yeah, they're like, just they're, pair them together. Yeah. They're the same dude. Hugh, Buke, yeah. same shit. Yeah. So, um, yeah. My apologies, Johnny. Yeah, I think that's why they're just a little bit ranked down right now. Buke's had himself uh, a solid guy, but I, I think he's just on the edge of fantasy relevance. Yeah. Probably going to offer you. You know, low twenty goals and then low thirty assists. Be right around fifty points and not very goal heavy. Uh, but the other two guys, you got you know, like you said, Stud and Barkov, uh, and the Dadnov, who seems like a lock for thirty thirty at this point, uh, with more upside than that, more easy plays with the NHL. I just think like we always kind of forget about these guys that disappear a little bit for like a year, and mm-hmm. then like, and it's not just like, like everybody has like think about how. Every, like how high everybody was on like Anthony Duclair a couple years ago, and then oh, he like disappears God, for a bit. Yeah, but then now he comes back. Injury, and, but then he comes back and he's playing so good again. I'm still and not high on him though. Bukes added in 2015, 24 goals, 19 assists is like a 19 year old. He's gonna shoot the puck a lot too, which is yeah. Great. And he, you know, we love. You him. kind of forget him for a minute <laughs> no there way. as he played third line for a little while there, yeah. and then now he's with Barkley. He actually has the opportunity to do some damage, and our boy Daddy like. Like I just said a minute ago, he's Daddy's so been going to work and putting in work since he's gotten the league. Yeah, he's been. I great. think like since you kind of mentioned Huberto, we should touch on them a little bit. Yeah, they didn't. Totally they didn't make our top ten. They didn't make our top ten, but for a second line, they might be the you know one of the best second lines in hockey. I would still love to see Hoffman. How is like this team not awesome? Yes, they need. They need to, and this team will be awesome. Just <sighs> give it some time. They, uh, I have it written down here. Our Florida two, uh, fifty-one Corsi four percentage. Uh, 30 scoring chances, 4 per 60. Yeah. Uh, 11 high-danger oh, scoring chances, God, 4 per 60. I mean, this is ahead. 
these numbers are ahead of the likes of like you know the Crosby, Malkin, Nashville one, New Jersey one, Winnipeg one. That's ridiculous. They're right up Why there with these high yeah. forwards. They do. Like, screw screw they actually screw it. don't they, even touch the third and fourth. They line. actually do kind of. Yeah. That's what they've done the last two years. Like they have four forwards who average like nineteen minutes a game. Yeah. Obviously, Barkov. It's been down a little bit this year, I think, but compared to what it was. Yeah, well, they are a little bit more deeper with Hoffman now, right? Yeah, but they just decided to put him on the fourth line. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, From so number nine here, we'll get through this next two quickly before we get to the break. Number nine is St. Louis one. Now the Blues top line definitely would not have made this list, but I'm I'm pretty confident that they knew that's what we were going to be talking about, (laughs) and they just decided to switch it up uh, because they know how high I am on these guys. Uh, It's Shen Schwartz and Tarasenko put back together. Literally, like this weekend. Yeah, you love this line. This trio was gross last year. Uh, they had a 59.2 Corsi 4, 36 scoring chances, 4 per 60, gross. 11 high danger chances, 4 per 60. One of the grossest lines in hockey last year. So gross. It, you know, after Shen got hurt, it slowed down a yeah. little bit. But Schwartz now that they're. Now, you know what? And Schwartz is a guy that's had a slow start Classic. this year. But now these <laughs> yeah. guys are back together. All three of them should. Explode! I would probably be targeting uh, any three of them right now because they've had a bit of a slow start. If you can buy low, which kind of segues into our later segment, we aren't going to talk about any of these guys. But like a guy like Schwartz might even be on uh, your your waiver wire, your free agent list. So these guys back together, disgusting numbers last year. I expect that to continue this year. The Blues really need uh, a spark. But let's go number ten, Dylan Berthium. What do you got? Pittsburgh two, the only second line in our top ten. Uh, Pittsburgh 2 also features by Could far... Could be a top line on any other yeah, team in the league. Good on them. They also feature by far the worst fantasy player on this list, Carl Hagelin. Uh, Hagelin himself really only holds value in the deepest of leagues. Despite skating along two point-per-game players and Evgeny Malkin and Phil Kessel, Malkin had one of his best statistical years last season. Uh, 42 goals, 56 assists, and 78 games. Kessel set a career-high in points last year with 92. Uh, you know, Unlike a lot of other lines on this list, Pittsburgh 2 does not tend to dominate their opponents at even strength. They create plenty of offense for sure, but you know they tend to surrender just as much as they create. Uh, they're averaging 29 scoring chances, 4 per 60, and 29 against. Uh, so it just gives you an idea. But really, we don't care about how many they give up no. for fantasy purposes, nope. as long as you're getting those chances. Yep, and make then sure it turns around. Obviously, they're going to put up points on the power play. Much of Malkin and Kessel's production comes on that dynamic power play that the Penguins have, uh, You know, which somewhat explains Hagelin's lack of production, I think. Uh, so Malkin and Kessel had 38 and 42 power play points last season, respectively. They're going to continue to be heavily featured on that man advantage all year long. Kessel and Malkin are both locked to produce a point per game this season, which is enough to justify giving them the last spot in our list yeah. because there's no other line in the league that no that we haven't mentioned that features two point per game. Carl Hagelin must just love his life. Eh? He's just like, boy, oh boy, I get to play with these guys all the time. Yeah, that he's got crazy anxiety, worried about the fact that he's only putting up 30 points a year playing with Malkin and Kessel. Yeah, it's embarrassing. He skates fast, guys. But anyways, <laughs> Beebs has a little bit of news about the Blue Stones before we fired over to the Blue Stones for the break. So, Beebs, why don't you tell the people? Yeah, per their Instagram, um, four more sleeps until Blue Stones release their debut album, which is just unbelievable. Um, so, that's great for them. Is it a debut? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because the, uh, the previous one was pulled off. It, they did have one out, but it was... Right. So this is probably the first Tough major record. Record. first major record. behind the label, yeah. So yeah. good for the boys. They're getting a lot of play. It's pretty cool to see. I'm sure if you listen to the podcast for a few years now, it's, yeah. it's exciting. Good on yeah. It's fun. We'll get some new some, some new tunes here. A couple wins yeah. alerts. But you know, they're really kind of just creating their own space in the old rock scene. If they continue to blow up, you guys can say you 
listen to these guys. Heard it here first. Yeah. Heard it here first on the Daily Face Out podcast. Same with the boys. Yeah. But, you know, no surprise. These guys make great music. Catchy effing tunes. Yeah. Without further ado. Sweet riffs. Catchy effing tunes. Let's fire it over to the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here in 60 seconds. Baby, be my fire. Baby, be my flame. Baby, be the softly burning embers through December into June. Season 4, Episode 9 of the Daily Face-Off Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the first half. I hope you guys enjoyed the Blue Stones. D and Beebs are just popping off in here right now. <laughs> Give me a bunch of nines. <laughs> yeah. um, so what we're going to talk about here in the second half, oh, we're going to talk up. about some buy lows. Uh, it's kind of... <laughs> Kind of funny considering last week we basically just told everybody to just chill the fuck out. And, and like, uh, bye guys low. And now it's like, yeah. Well, I mean, like, because realistically, same breath, right? let's just yeah. let's just offer trades, right? Like, yeah. like let's just offer trades for guys that aren't playing that good right now that yeah. we know because other people you listen to the podcast. Yeah. So you are chill though. Yeah. But people that don't listen you're to sweet deals. you haven't told anybody in your league about this podcast because you're just getting sweet advice from us and stealing it all for yourself. Yeah. So. No one else in your league is chilled F out, so we're here to tell you which players you need to be offering trades for right now. Buy those motherfuckers low. You should tell the people in your league yeah. about the podcast, but yeah, you should. I mean, it would just be fair, right? Just even the playing field a little bit. <laughs> hilarious tip of advice. It would make the waiver wire just super fun. Yeah, well, hilarious. Good hilarious advice. tip of advice. You okay. have unlimited amounts of trade proposals, so yeah, throw them out <laughs> Offer as it, much as you want, because realistically, one What's of them's the, gonna hit. I, I don't know how many times I've said this on this podcast, and I know you guys have said yeah, it too. Just be that guy. Well, and the other thing is yeah, too, what's the worst that's gonna happen? Sick team, yeah. They're gonna say just no. Worst case, you get a little bad talk, like when you're chilling, you're like, hey man, stop throwing yeah. those trades. You're and like, as far oh, as like trade advice bad. goes, I, I feel like most people know this, but like never give like an offer you seriously want to do at first. If it's, so at least with someone you know that's gonna go back and forth with you, you want to like. You want Throw out an offer that's crazy in your favor to start, so by the time you negotiate it, goes back. I wouldn't say crazy in your favor, favor because sometimes... Like, enough where it seems seemingly possible, but you know you're coming out ahead. You know what I mean? So you you leave yourself room to negotiate yes. and back, 100%. work back to where you're still in a spot where you feel like you win the trade. How about my dad today? Just speak to me about my trade offer to him yeah. and Harley. Well, he was right. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't a bad offer. Yeah, but both those guys are straight center on ESPN. Right wing. Our left wing is Ricardo. Context, Cal. boys. Ricard Raquel's a left wing. Ricard Raquel and Braden Point for... Philip Forsberg. Philip Forsberg. Okay. I didn't think the, it was a terrible the, offer. The real reason, like, I like Raquel, but he's just so goal-heavy and... Our league is goal-heavy, though. It's two points for your goal. Okay. So, and he, the funny part is that when I draft... I also her, just think it's funny that your dad just, like, always thinks you got something up your sleeve. So well, he's yeah. Just he's just always like, what are you doing here? <laughs> no, but it was just funny because my dad literally has had Raquel for, like, three years in a row. So when I took him on draft day, he's just like, fuck you, Brock! You know Raquel's mine! <laughs> but it's funny because in the same breath, like, he took Forsberg in, like, the third round. I'm like, come on. Like, I always have Forsberg. But I offered him to so oh, we're doing... We're sitting there, and my dad's just like... <laughs> 
But I just like, come on, like, no, there's no. He basically just looks at you though. He just like starts chirping, chirping me, yeah. looking at you, like I'm saying the right thing, right? Like yeah. he warned us if he I'll popped off in the show, it would be because of football. It was actually about fantasy or uh, drafting. <laughs> uh, fantasy hockey. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, my dad. Uh, my dad is the funniest. Like I don't know what it is. Expected pop off. I'm in. I'm in. Like all my serious leagues, my dad's and everything, like including football. And for whatever reason, the guy's just the worst fantasy football yeah, he's, player he's ever. But every single year, <laughs> show. every single year he. Is Some like Matt. first, like, second, or third in fantasy hockey. Like Not to his face, though. He, he's the worst fantasy football player and the best fantasy hockey player. And like he doesn't even use. Yeah, he doesn't buy any of your BS, bro. Yeah. Fucking guy. Where do you think he got these jeans from, bro? Yeah, that's why I got the job, eh? Not big man. Anyways, uh, let's start with you, Beebs. Buy low candidates. Who you got? Um, Gotta tell my dad to listen to this first. Speaking of dads. <laughs> Eric Carlson. I thought it was going to be a candy dad. I <laughs> wanted it. Um, but Eric Carlson, new daddy. Can I just pause the show for one second just because this is open on my screen right now? Guess who's leading the league in wins right now? Who? UC Soros. Is he? The boy! Let's go. Anyways, continue. We're still recording here? All right. It's currently ranked. It's actually jokes. 308 overall in Yahoo right now, which is absolutely ridiculous. Eric Carlson. He's minus four with four assists through his first eight games. Twitchmon pays for 41 points through 82 games. Something that um, we all know is not going to happen. Nah. Um, Eric Carlson's arguably, not arguably, he is a top three fantasy defenseman, mm-hmm. and he is going to get to that form. Eight games on a new team. He was playing on the wrong hand on their power play for a couple games just because they're like, hey, look at how... Fucking good we are. We can just play guys on the wrong hand. I saw... Stupid I can't shit. even remember who tweeted it out, but somebody back... Like, and it was, like, maybe their fourth or fifth game when they were still trying to figure things out. But they tweeted out, like, basically, like, what is this power play doing? Like, you've got Burns standing in a, in a spot where he's just shooting at people's shin pads, and you've got Carlson playing in a spot where he's, he's never, never played in his whole life. Yeah, so. yeah. They're like, what are we doing here? And it, yeah. and it was horrible. And they've switched it up a little bit since, and... One thing that's crazy about uh, Carlson right now, though, is that through the first eight games, he's on pace for 248 shots. Um, So let me remind you, that would put him on pace, because I love this, for zero goals on 248 shots. So obviously that's going to change. Carlson's a a goal scorer. He he carries offense. And uh, if you can get him right now for someone who's maybe putting up a point per game from the back end who's not going to keep it up, yeah, Robert Haig. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about starting trades off at a reasonable value. Robert Hag for Carlson. No reasonable. No. If you can throw like a Tyson Berry, I don't know. Tyson Berry's kind of had the same year, but someone. It probably would. Morgan Riley. Morgan, yeah. Morgan Riley. Talking about that trade last week. I would yeah. do it. So if you talk about uh, what did you say, two hundred forty-eight shots? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, he actually six point seven, six exactly six point seven on a shooting percentage or shooting Personal percentage for his career. Yeah. Uh, that works out to seventeen goals, which he did two years ago. Yeah. Two hundred forty-eight shots three years ago, That's and he nice had stuff. sixteen yeah. goals. And his possession numbers have been filthy too. You know, sixty-one point three courtesy four percentage on ice percentage, pretty low, uh, six and a half percent. That'd be the second lowest of his career, and it's a full two percent below his career average, eight and a half percent. So you can expect those numbers to climb up. Like we said, we expect the power play to. Do uh, better. Nice to see them finally putting a Vander Kane on that top unit Thank as well. Uh, personally, I think he's their best pure goal scorer on the roster. Uh, to not have him on that top power play unit with those guys uh, around him would be silly. Uh, so they're finally starting to come around to it. You got Pavelski, Couture, Kane, 
and then you know burns and curls on the back end. Filthy. Yeah, that power play. Should be out there for two minutes. Like, do not ever take them off the ice. Yeah. The only concern I do have. He's still playing a lot too, though. Like twenty five. That's the thing, though. That's what I was just saying. The only concern I would have is now he's playing twenty five minutes a night, which seems like a lot. But now this is a guy we were talking about who. He was playing 28. Like, he's playing almost a full yeah. two and a half minutes less per well, game we, than he's used to. We talked about... It, it's not going to... It shouldn't affect his fantasy value that much. Yeah. But we did talk about how the opportunity is going to be less. Like, you're, you're a second-pairing guy. Maybe you're first-pairing yeah. guy. But, I, but it's kind of played out to just what we thought, where it's really not that much less. Like, yeah. 25 minutes... You take that, right? Like, it's it's not as far as it could have dropped. They seem to still be wanting to use him in all situations. He's killing penalties, too. Uh, so, I I just think, like, the small drop... Like we said, we weren't expecting him to go to San Jose and it help his production. But I think it's enough where just, you know, the quality of the players around him, especially on that power play, it's enough to offset any dip he sees in his usage. And I think that'll end up being the case. I just think, I think we'll <laughs> see him back around 65, 70 points at the year's end. Right around where he was the last few years in Ottawa. So again, I like you said, going to this better team. If Burns wasn't here too, it'd be so much yeah. different for him. Is the one thing. It's not just how good the Sharks are. It's having like the other clear cut number one or best offensive defenseman in the league. The only other one you could put in that same conversation as Carlson the last few years on the same team. The only uh, thing that is surprised me is that when they got him and then put him with Lassick and Burns, whatever with with Ryan, whatever they do. What we thought would maybe happen was it would hurt Braun's value or Dylan's value. But those guys haven't really played any less either. Yeah, like no. they are really, Ryan, you mean, yeah. Well, no, Ryan with Burns, though. Yeah. But their third pairing of Dylan and Dylan. Dylan's not on the team. Dylan? Brandon Dylan? Oh, Brandon Dylan. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking Dylan DeMille. No, uh, no, Brandon Dylan. <laughs> Dylan and Braun. Like, I thought that their third pairing would all this. Because like Dylan was. Yeah. And Braun was actually a you know, fairly serviceable and DraftKings type of guy. And you're like, oh, wow, they got the best top well, four Vla- defenseman ever. Yeah. Like, they would do the, the Nashville thing where their top four plays 26 minutes a night and their bottom pairing plays seven yeah. or ten. They're not doing that, man. Well, it's not an even strength, right? It's just a special team. Well, no, like, for sure. But Braun's still, play- still playing like almost 20 minutes a night. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because like, they they basically split time and even strengths, exactly. and then it's just Carlson, Burns, and Vlasic. See all the extra time on special teams. Carlson and Burns, the power play. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's on the second unit? Is it Vlasic? For the D-man on the second unit? Yes. Yeah, so there you go. So that's why they see the slight uptake in minutes. But, it's just, I just, but they I just really do that because that they, they rely so heavily on their top guys in special teams. If you don't split time and even strength, right, like then you're going to get ridiculous usage. On, like you're no. talking about playing Burns and Carlson and Vlasic all over 25, 26 minutes a night at that point. And, like, I don't disagree with the philosophy that they've taken in playing their third pairing almost, yeah. you know. But I it's think literally just did. so they can lean on it, so you can afford. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if you think about that. And I think the reason why it happens is like the power play comes out, you play the top pair for a minute and a half. Yep. Burns it burns They're split up. It burns the burns pair for yeah. <laughs> at even strength for the next shift. And then you put Vlasic over there, so you definitely can't play Vlasic or Carlson. So, so then the third pair has got to come out. And I just thought that it would be more like the natural yeah. model. But if I'm if I'm San Jose, I'm I'm going to continue doing what they are doing, yeah. just keeping those guys fresh. It yeah. makes sense, and it's not. Yeah. But like, like I said, it, it's encouraging to still see it above twenty five. You weren't expecting oh, yeah. him to see twenty seven minutes, right? No, but no. It, it's it's nice that it's still at twenty five. I think that that's at a spot where his production should level out once his on ice and personal shooting percentage obviously rise up to what we normally expect from him. Uh, his production should level out. Yeah, not not going to be a breakout heading to San Jose, and again, it would be if Birds wasn't there, but. 
And it also helps that your third pairing is Brennan Dillon and Justin Braun and not Yannick Weber and yeah, Anthony Yeah, exactly. Mateo. Yeah, there's a two capable five-for-five defenseman. Braun's great. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, uh, just quick shout-out to Dylan DeMello. He's played awesome so far. Yeah, yeah. in Ottawa, for sure. Just since but, I... Same That's with Chris Carlson. Carlson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it's just if you have anyone who's probably outside the top eight in, de- in defenseman, offer him up for Carlson. Yeah. Um, because he's going to be right in there. Yeah. And he's just so elite. Even top five. Yeah. I think if you have Riley too, like send Riley for yeah, Carlson. Yeah, send Riley. I think that's a great. 100%. That's great People do. I, mean, I think be- slow down. <laughs> yeah. I think best case, and it's possible, Riley ends up with the numbers Carlson has put up around the year, but I, Carlson's a lock for 65 points. Right? Yeah. And if, and if Riley ends up with 65 with a 13 point head start. Then Carlson's still going to have more yeah. points from here on. In. Exactly. So I would 100% be off sending those offers right now. But you have to do it now before Riley gets do too it. Old. Yeah, do it before Carlson puts up too much. And that too, yeah. or before Carlson gets too hot. Uh, D, let's go to you. We just talked about San Jose's D pairings for 11 minutes. Hey, I'm going to kick it on defenseman, uh, Dougie Hamilton. So you know, Speaking. Dougie gotten off to a bit of a slow start with the Hurricanes. He's picked up three assists in eight games so far this season. Still searching for his first goal, despite firing. 35 shots on net already. Classic Dougie. That's, That's over absurd. four shots a game. Crazy high pace for Blue Liner. Uh, he's also posted a 63.3 Corsi 4 percentage. No surprise playing <laughs> on the Hurricanes. He's on pace for a 359 shot. Yeah, so Jesus. Uh, playing for the Hurricanes should continue to afford him plenty of chances at even strength. They're one of the best possession teams in the league, have been for the last two seasons. Or a season and a month, as Brock likes to say. Two seasons and a month. Two seasons and a month? Or a season and a month, either way. Whichever <laughs> way you want to go. Season and a month. So almost all this production so far is coming at 5v5. Uh, Falk has played over Hamilton on the Canes' top power play unit so far this season. Justin Falk, obviously a very talented offensive defenseman, but I would be surprised if Hamilton doesn't get an extended look with that unit at some point this season, even if that means bumping off a guy like Valentin Zaykov. Right right now they're doing 4 forwards yeah, boy. with Teravine and Aho and Stahl and then Zaykov holding that forward spot. So don't be surprised to see him even go to a two-defenseman look at some point. Or just straight Two up usurping falls for Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. So Hamilton consistently shot around 6% his entire career. A solid mark for a D-man. Uh, expecting to get back to that before too long. Obviously shooting 0% with no goals, as Beef loves to point out. Zero <laughs> goals on 350 <laughs> on shots would be something. Uh, at his career shooting percentage, though, with that many shots, does put him at 21 goals. Exactly. I think if he gets to 357, like he's on pace for it. Well, be he won't. I don't think. You can't exactly. expect. But the but, crazy thing is he's playing just 20 minutes a game right now, and that's still what he's putting up. Uh, last four seasons, too, he's just been super consistent. 42, 43, 50, and 44 points, scoring at least 10 goals in each of those seasons. Uh, you know how valuable double-digit goals is from the back end of fantasy. The goals are coming. Uh, the assists are always going to be there. They're not sky high, but I think it's really reliable, especially with how good this team is at even straight. Super good. Uh, so if you're hurting for production on the blue line, I think Hamilton is one of the more affordable options out there right now. Yeah. And his value should only climb moving forward, so I think you should act facts. Absolutely. I, I love Dougie Hamilton. Um, the one thing, or two things, I guess. One is on a shooting percentage of 6.3% right now is hurting him. That's a hurricane trend, though. Yeah, yeah. Hurricane for trend. sure. The other thing, though. Love that. So yeah. hockey reference for First of all, it's just the greatest website. The best website. Other than Daily Face. Second best. Yeah. yeah. Best. But the best stat- statistical website ever. If you're going so for the- any hockey stats whatsoever, uh, if it's in the NHL, uh, well, obviously, like, advanced stats and, uh, you know, wowies and stuff like yeah. that, you should use Corsica. Uh, but I-, I think just as far as individual stats, hockey reference is really accessible. Uh, use it all the time. So user friendly. Yeah. The, all right there. Uh, hockey DB is great, but they don't have nearly as many stats. Go to Hockey DB if you're looking for Elite stats prospects. outside of the NHL. Uh, also, elite prospects. Uh, but, yeah. The one thing that's crazy, so he has 35 shots on goal right now. But, mm-hmm. Hockey Reference also offers you total shot attempts. 
Yeah. What do you think his total shots attempts are right now? 50. On pace for though. On pace for. Oh, probably like five hundred. Six hundred. And forty six. His previous career high was five hundred and six. Yeah, that's a just, personal coursey for those who yes, uh, yeah. just fire in the biscuit. <laughs> yeah, at will right now. I love Dougie Hamilton, and that's literally he's playing less than twenty minutes a night right now, which is you know kind of baffling. But again, they got a pretty deep blue line there. Yeah, well, yeah, they're another team that can just roll three pairs all yeah. night long. Yeah, and they'll be content to. Yeah, let's stick with the blue line here. We got Roman Yossi for me as a buy low. Uh, Yossi has just two goals and one assist in his first eight games. Not really that bad of a start, but it is a slower start than a lot of these other uh, highly drafted D-men like we talked about, like uh, Morgan Riley. Um, <laughs> Everyone's got a slower start than Riley right now. Yes. Yeah. The positive, though, like Dougie Hamilton, like Eric Carlson, is that he's on pace for a career-high 277 shots. Um, and then, obviously, the assist will come eventually. Uh, the one thing that's a little bit troubling for the Predators early on in the season, and it's really obviously going to affect guys like Yossi and Ellis and Subban, is they currently sit 27th in the NHL um, in power play percentage, which is not something we expect it's to not, continue. Not going to keep going. Yeah. So Yossi's a guy for me who I always talk <laughs> about as being one of the most consistent defensemen in the league. And I think that some people don't really know just how good Roman Yossi is. People just draft him. He's like he's ranked on their page, but he's never had those crazy flashy stats. He's a guy that you could probably get for way cheaper than you can get Dougie Hamilton yeah, or true. Eric Carlson, and he could end up very well with the same numbers. I don't know about Dougie, but as Dougie, yeah, maybe not as cheap as Dougie. Like they'll Dougie be. Like, I think you, I think they'd be like the same right now. Keep me out of Dougie. Good, uh, Beeps. Who is your next uh, buy low candidate? Um, another. All-star, absolute stud. He's kind of been shit so far. Anze Kopitar out in L.A. Currently has two goals, zero assists, and 15 shots to start the year. Missing Dustin Brown, clearly. Yeah, clearly missing his key offensive cog, Dustin Brown. Um, (laughs) What's absolutely crazy about Kopitar and what I love every year in and year out, and for his fantasy value, is that he's only played less than 22 minutes in one of the seven games this year for L.A. Um, He's an absolute horse (laughs) on the ice, getting tons of minutes there. Um, Bodes great for his fantasy value. This guy has nine 60-plus point seasons in um, his 10 total years. 10 complete years because I take out that BS lockout year because it fucks with all my stats. I hate that lockout. It's so... but Okay, so in his his 10 complete seasons, nine of them were 60-plus points. No lockout. Craziness. He had a sick lockout year too, but I can't even mention it. No, it's useless. 42 points in 47 games in the lockout year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Huge hit, but got open can't, right. can't even mention it. Ridiculous. But yeah, he's coming off a 35 and 92 season, um, which uh, made him probably get drafted a lot higher than, than uh, he was going in previous years. He has strict center eligibility, um, which kind of hurts him a little bit, but he's almost a sure bet for 50 assists this year. And when he started out, the, or every year, not just this year, my apologies, um, when he starts out with two goals and zero assists, clearly something's wrong for a guy who is one of the premium assists Getters. Getters, I guess, in the league. He's uh, 11th in the league in, in assists in the last five years. And 20, He's a stud. 20 in league-wide points. Total stud. Um, absolute stud. Someone you could get very cheap. Um, someone who I know decashed in on a couple years ago when he was uh, struggling like this out of the bat yeah. in one of our keeper leagues. So, um, yeah, Anze Kopitar, someone who, uh, who I think people are going to let pass by. I wish he'd improve on his shots. Again, 15 through 7 games. Puts him on pace for um, just around. Do the math. 200-ish. 
which is not that great. Um, I don't love it. No, but it's it's you know but it's, it's good for him. That's yeah. Kopitar. Yeah, 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 I was gonna say that's what you're gonna get. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, uh, he's actually only shot uh, 200 times twice in the last uh, five seasons, and they were both 200 right on the mark. So yeah, it's a, it's strong from him. Uh, the goals are going to fluctuate from year to year based on a shooting percentage. Just unfortunate, but that's the way like it is. Uh, when you only shoot yeah. uh, between 150 to 200 shots time, but like I said, the usage is sky high. I think the points are always going to be there. Uh, the Kings are still trying to sort themselves out. Obviously, it's been a rough start to the year for them. I like them more than most. Uh, I think they got to move Carter to the middle, though. I don't know what they're waiting for. The team is just so thin down Dude, the middle. I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm going to say it. He's missing Dustin Brown, and it's a real fucking thing, man. <laughs> Last year, with Dustin Brown, 53.9 Corsi 4. Without Dustin Brown, 46.9. Well, they Give barely played Dustin. away from each other. Give him 300 Dustin. minutes without him. Yeah, it's not that much. It's a lot <laughs> compared to what he's did with him. He's missing him. And you know what? It's hilarious because I don't even really like Dusty B, even yeah. though I told everybody to pick him up last Dusty year. And it was a great call. He likes it was a, to give him the name. It was well, they great... could also give him more help than Alex. I just remember this point last year. Yeah. I was like, pick up Dusty B. He's going to do it. And you guys were like, nah, nah, nah. Dusty B sucked. Great year. Didn't he have 60 plus points, baby? Uh, but anyways, <laughs> if you look on King's Twitter, man, King's fans are just losing their shit about... The team's struggling because no Dusty B, man. Yeah. He's coming back on Sunday. Well, it doesn't help that he's not in the Sunday. game. I will say that much. You know, And obviously, Kolchak has had a tough time kind of integrating. Their numbers were terrible at 5v5 together. Just poo-poo. Um, but yeah, I guess you'd say he's missing Dustin Brown. He is. Uh, I think he's more just Dusty missing that. I guess he is. Like, really, he just doesn't have a quality option to play with, especially if Kolchak's not what Dude, we expect. I have followers be just because. Like, he's just I don't understand. He's just not good. I don't understand. He's got points. Dude, he played with him for like 82 games last year, and he had like 30 points. Ridiculous. I don't understand. I actually had him when we... I don't understand. <laughs> we were looking at pickups earlier, and I actually was looking at a flaw. I was like, well, he's kind of... I honestly... Decent. Honestly, in the same breath, like if you're out, if you're on Sunday, the Kings play a lot on Sundays too, and you just need like a random spot start to maybe push you for a goal over. I think a follow kind of makes yeah. sense. He's one Close of those guys right that in. makes sense. Uh, never guy I would put on my whole team season long. But if you're expecting Kopitar to be productive and putting up the minutes he is at 5v5, then every once in a while a follow can be bet on for a contact assist and uh, maybe a goal off his ass or something like that. But other than that, Alex Fall is terrible. Uh, I agree he needs some quality players to play with. I thought Kovalchuk was that. We thought Kovalchuk was that. I think everyone thought Kovalchuk was that. And just hasn't been the case so far this season. You heard it here first. The the Kings play this Sunday, so you must pick up Alex Iafal. I think you need help. (laughs) And it's a small slate. He's always going to be available. And you know he's playing with Kovalchuk. Only three games on Sunday. Makes sense. But Uh, keep in mind, he's terrible. I'm going between the pipes for my buy low. Get in there, bud. Braden Holpe. <laughs> right in the middle. Uh, Holpe has had a rough start to the season. There's no way around it. He's had a rough, rough last two seasons. Rough if he didn't have a good 15 oh games in the God. playoffs, he wouldn't have been drafted talk? Let me, the first three Let goals. me get to it. He's terrible. God damn it. <laughs> in his last 60 regular season starts. It's terrible. Holpe has a 306 goals against average. <laughs> and a 905 save percentage. Those are Anton Forsberg numbers. Both <laughs> less than ideal. The positive is that in those 60 starts, Holpe still won 37 games. Yeah, yeah. Chris Osgood is. So he'll still be near, yeah, seriously, <laughs> the league lead in wins, even if he plays poorly. 
Uh, you can get... They traded away any option they had. Oh my God. Which is you cool. also cannot forget his outstanding playoff performance. He should be... <laughs> I his, forgot He it. should improve a little bit on his early so season fantasy numbers. And he still, in my opinion, will finish the season as a number one fantasy netminder. Yeah. That you might so. get at a discounted yeah, price he's right going to be at the low end. Shitty sure. right now if you drafted him. For sure. I'm not too concerned about him, but I would definitely be trading for him, too. Look, before he shat the bed for the last year and a month, uh, aside from a couple games in April, he did put up 923, 922, 925 save percentage seasons three years in a row. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I just have a hard time overlooking this huge chunk of data we've seen for the last year and a little bit. Uh, but I agree with Brock that, you know, we talk about it all the time. We're only willing to shit on a player for so long before the price is right. Uh, and you make a move for them. I think it's getting there for Holtby. But at the end of the day, I still think he's kind of pretty overrated in the average hockey fantasy player's mind. But if they look at the numbers, they might be tempted to make a move for a lesser goalie or a skater or whatever you want to do at this point. Because obviously, obviously there's still a lot of value there, just the wins playing for the Caps. Would you rather have Holtby or Bobrovsky right now? Uh, Holtby, but because they're both struggling and they both have tendencies to be inconsistent. Would you have Holtby or Marc-Andre Fleury right now? Uh... I don't know, man. That's not the point of what I'm saying. The point of what I was saying I'm just asking. before. I think I'm just I'm just saying, like, would you trade a flurry for a? My main knock of him the whole preseason and still is that he's not one of the best three fantasy net miners in the game. And there's no reason you should be reaching for him at the early part of your drafts because he might just go out there and lay an egg and save ninety and a half percent of the shots he faces all year long and be a mediocre goaltender on a really good team. But so yes, games. a number one fantasy netminder. But not nearly the upside of some of the other guys uh, in that class. But like, so he, but he might post a, a two seventy five goals against this year. Yeah. Where John Gibson will post a two thirty five, or a two twenty five. Yeah, it's gonna win you a lot of weeks. But he's gonna win f- ten more games. Yeah, but you can. Uh, I think wins are so much easier to work into your lineup than a solid save percentage and a solid goals against average. 100%. If you're smart and you leave your spot open on your roster to work the waiver wire, I think it's just so much easier to work for you where you don't need to risk. Yeah, but I, I just think at some point, dude, if you're ahead in wins, you're ahead in wins, and you don't need to keep pushing a guy out there who's going to you know, stop 35 of 42 shots that he faces to get a win. At the same time, though, how many times are you going to pick a guy up that just shits the bed and gets I, lit up because he's not a good goalie? I don't know. I think if you're smart about it, you can find a lot of wins on the waiver wire. Well, especially if you And the same percentage of goals against isn't really going to matter, so you need to kind of target those guys who are more consistent than what Brandon Holby's been for the last two years. But I do agree with you that it's getting to the point where maybe his two, value is getting driven oh. a bit low. I mean, obviously a 60, we're not talking about his playoff numbers, but 306 and 905, over 60 starts, that's a big sample size. It's not good. Yeah. But you can't forget that he posted like a 940 in the playoffs. Yeah, he's also almost 30. He's a goalie. So I don't know if those numbers are going to turn around. The one reason, too, that I really... He's clutch. The one reason why I think that he is a good option is because... I don't think any team in the, or any goalie in the league has less competition for starts other than Connor Hellebuck than Braden Holby. Like yeah, Phoenix they made Cop- sure of that. Phoenix Copley is not yeah, about to not steal any do. starts. Yeah. Holby could be Holby could post a 4.0 goals against average and start 65 <laughs> games this year. Like honestly, the same with Hellebuck. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I just don't know how worth that is in your lineup. Just was really weak dependence. Well, to I'm bang really hoping that he doesn't post a 4.0. I know. I know. Beeps. No, he's or, sorry. I'm out. I'm D. dry. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's bylaw season again on the podcast. So we have to talk about Max Pacioretty. Yes. 
Uh, Talk about it for the next month. I truly do feel like a broken record recommending Pacioretty here as a buy low option. Uh, Again. But I, I just feel like we can't not talk We've about it at this it. point. So you might as well jump in. Yeah. Him and Eric Hall have actually been excellent 5-5 five, five keep talking about it. Oh, oh, oh. Nothing's uh, happening. But it just hasn't translated into a lot of goals yet. They posted a 61.08 Corsi 4 percentage together this season. Vegas averaging a ridiculous 35 scoring chances per 60 when they're on the ice. It's resulted in 23 shots in just 8 games for Pacioretty, but he's only got one goal to show for it. Bullshit. He also recently jumped up to the Golden Knights' top power play unit. Uh-huh. A spot, you know, we really felt he was going to be on the start of the season. It didn't happen. But now moving forward, he should have no problem holding down that. Uh, had a down year last year, which really only drives his value down further right now. Gives him, or uh, makes, you know, even more uh, of a better buy-low option, I think, at this point. Uh, now after getting off to a slow start, you should be able to get him for next to nothing. If you can sustain these underlying numbers, which it really looks like this line's really good, especially once they have Stastny come back. You should have no problem getting back to 30 goals by season's end, especially being on that power play unit. Mm-hmm. You know, with Carlson, with March. So, uh, Brad Hunt, I don't know if he should really be up there right now. My boy <laughs> Colin Miller. No, he'll be scratched stick. as soon as Anglin's healthy. Yeah. So, I, I, like I said, his value is as low as it could be right now and very thin position on left wing. I think you get Patch ready for a steal right now and you don't really need for him to kind of hit his potential. He can kind of throw in 25 to 30 goals, low end assists, and still be worth the price that you give up for him at this point. Yeah, no, Pacioretty, like, I play this guy in DraftKings every night because I'm like, tonight's the night. It's never the night, but it's, it's got to be the night eventually. <laughs> it's weird. We talked about a lot of guys that switch teams this year. I mean, and yeah. we talked about it before. It does take a while to get it. But people tend to panic because they're like, oh, he's not in the same spot. He's seeing different usage and a different role. I'm not playing with the same players. They tend to panic more For sure. than the average 100%. player. 100%. I, uh, I think Pacioretty is still going to be a stud. I still think that there's such a strong chance that this guy – Gets close to, if not over, thirty goals this year. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, it's, it's so early still, and he. I rode the buy low for so long, I can't get off now. Yeah, yeah no, it's like it's just such a great addition to that power play. Too. So phenomenal, yeah. so phenomenal. But anyways, uh, we've run out of time for Twitter questions, so we will answer those as soon as we shut her down here on Twitter. Uh, so, anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed the Daily Faceoff podcast. Uh, one guy listened last week, sixteen hundred or something of you. Li- listened but only one of you actually listened and went over to itunes and provided us a five-star uh-huh. like and, and gave us some <laughs> was waiting for that was gone. some positive news Call, so yeah. 1500 and 99 of you need to go say something nice yes now. please head over to itunes and give us a five-star review say something nice say what you guys like it helps more than is. you know guys. yes you have no idea and it just feels nice to read it uh the guy from nova scotia that wrote something last week made us feel real good about ourselves so you Thank guys you. should do the same love Any- the east coast yeah. anyways uh we will be back next love monday slash tuesday Bye. for <laughs> for the double digit episode of season four Ooh. enjoy the blue stones we will see you guys back here next week can't believe they let us go double peace You're telling them that you need a man in who you can defend. Well, I'd be the gasoline to keep you alive. And I'd be the cold, so unbreakable. We burn together straight through the
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 